Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. K-O-Z-N. had by all and I don't think anyone got injured last night which is always a good thing so nice nice to not get injured shout out to no injuries mm-hmm. shout out to no injuries mm-hmm. on sportsmen like conduct on 1620 Is this Wednesday? Wednesday, John. It's a dumb debate Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday games just throw off my whole schedule because I'm just kind of used to that Tuesday Wednesday thing, and now it's Tuesday Sunday. Mm. So I'll show up here on Monday thinking it should be Sunday, and I'll be very angry that I'm here because I should be at home because it's a Sunday, but it's actually a Monday. Wow, that's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. But welcome to a dumb debates Wednesday. Brought to you by our good friends at Union Bank and Trust, where your money has people. The Grum Down. Grum Down. Brought to you by the referees, John Higgins Weather Guard. The Blue Jays harvest a bumper crop. Would you say they clutched a win? No. <laughs> you don't clutch a win. I think you should work that into one of your calls this year. You should. No. If they win this weekend versus St. John's, they clutch a win. Jays win. I, no, I, no. Okay. You'd feel good about it after you use it. No, I wouldn't. I I would feel bad about myself. It's my new favorite phrase. Thank you, Nick. You're handsome and smart. Mm. Mitch Ballock's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Nice kit, Nick. Thanks. I worked hard. You did. You worked very hard. The uh, Big Bart Blue Jay Blast says what? Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Merkel. (laughs) Nebraska seeks an elusive prize. An elusive prize is a win on the road in the Big Ten Conference. I didn't realize that's how elusive was spelled. That was with an I ho- E. I did too. Ooh, did I hope that's wrong? right. Is that right? No, I don't know. Double check. I thought that, I man. was being the idiot here. I was. It didn't give me the little squiggly nope, line. wrong. Oops. I am. E L U S I V E. How come it didn't give me the squiggly oh, wait, line? Oh, this saying- is a word. Deceptive. Oh. Uh-huh. See, it's a, di- it's, yeah, that's the right word. No, elusive is difficult to find, catch, or achieve. That's the one that Okay, you but what's for. the one I did? Elusive. Deceptive or a illusory. It's, like it's, de- it's deceptive. This word is deceptive. Nebraska, <laughs> it is. Remember the Illinois game? Nebraska was deceived by the officials. Mm, remember the Iowa game? 
Nebraska was deceived by itself. I guess this kind of works. The English language. I'm going to stand with this. Dumb, mm. dumb language. I'm mm. going to stand with this. Okay. Dave Bar right. two. What? We'll nice. yell at Josh. Nice get, Nick. What, what do you mean, just me? You're on the same side as me. Yeah, but you were more aggressive than I was. Yeah, he asked me via DM today. He says, so I, am I to understand that you want Nebraska to schedule harder? And I said, yup. Then he goes, okay, noted. <laughs> what a great response. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Something along those lines. He said, copy. 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 When did Josh join Pro Football Focus? Hmm. PFF boy. Don't know what this is about, so I'm a bit concerned. Well, we'll bring back an old rivalry. Oh, boy. The Royals are taking a quick trip to their new stadium. And the Royals. Nice. That's a good reference. Yeah, it's, it's. Oh, classic John. Happer, or not Happer. Odson kind of made fun of you, but not you directly, but, you know, people of your ilk. Why? Oh, why did I have to change on the uniform? They didn't have that back in my day. Well, it looks. You love capitalism, looks, John. This I like the, capitalism. I don't like advertisements on uniforms. This is the next step of capitalism. What do you expect? Sorry. Was Giselle cheating on TB12? Whoa, now that is a tease. That's a tease. Uh huh. And I ran out of time and ideas, so the last subject is fill in the blank. You just fill in the blank. What's for dinner? You know. I couldn't think of anything. All right, all right. It was That's a long fun. night last night. Apparently. It was a very long night. Apparently. Well, speaking of that long night, joining us on the 42 Degrees The Source Hotline. You know, this guy promised he was going to call the Grum after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Never heard from him. I mean, technically, this is after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but yeah, not the week direct and a half. day. Yeah. Wow, look at you dis- disrespecting. Yeah, it's it's old news now. I never, yeah. You I never, never did give John. It's never old news when you're on the mountaintop, John. I never did give you a time frame on when I was going to call. See? Yeah, that's true. Oh, so this is counting as your call, even though I requested the call? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'll have one in the near future when you've already forgotten about it, and I'll bring it right back to your attention. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> just, Sounds just like a Chiefs fan. comfortable over there. All right, fine. I won't get comfortable, but mm-hmm. this is the voice of Mitch Ballock, Creighton assistant, technically a GA, but God, with as much work as you do, Mitch, I kind of consider you a full-time assistant. Are they paying you like one? Huh. No, gra- just, just graduate assistant. I stay in my lane, and I help wherever I need to. What has surprised you, Mitch, before we get into the game, what has surprised you about this role for you versus, you know, what your time as a player? Uh, honestly, it's probably just the time commitment is the biggest thing. Um, as a player, you kind of do your classes, you take your middle-of-the-day nap, you have practice, and then you study up on kind of who you're guarding and the game plan and memorizing calls and kind of what we're doing offensively. Uh, that doesn't take – as long as it takes to actually put together the plan and and have adjustments and tweaks to the plan if the plan doesn't go well. So probably overall just a time commitment. And then second thing is just you have no control. Uh, <laughs> you can control a little bit, but at the end of the day, your hands aren't physically on the ball and you're not shooting, shooting the shot. So that's, that's a tough situation to be in. And, and Mitch, you're recently, quote-unquote, retired from active competitive basketball. Is that a tough adjustment because – I mean, it's not that far in the past where you had the ball in your hands and a chance to actually affect the game. Is that a hard adjustment? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's not. Um, I'm in a pretty good place. Uh, I put a lot of thought into making that adjustment. Um, honestly, I like being on the outside, kind of coaching guys um, in situations from maybe prior knowledge that I – from experience that I had to go through or – different things like that. But I, I honestly like the role. 
Um, I like kind of give them pointers here and there when I need to, or, or if somebody asks for them or, or seeks out for some information, I just like helping them in that, in that aspect. But honestly, eight months, nine months, whatever it is removed, uh, I'm in a pretty good headspace. I'm, I'm, at, I'm content with my decision and, I like the position, I like the role, and I like the people that I get to work with every day. Yeah, Mitch, pardon me for just not remembering, but I'm curious as to your career, if there was a GA that was a similar age that you are now to the players, and I just wonder what that relationship, how that differs from a traditional assistant coach, given that they're usually going to be a bit older. Yeah. Um, when I was here, I had, there was Ty Nose and Ricky Kreklow. Uh, that was a to start. I don't know if you remember those guys. Yeah, and, and Ricky was pretty much in the exact same spot as you, about the same age. Exactly. So it's just a different guy that you can essentially talk to. Um, I have to kind of straddle the line a little bit because essentially I'm one. I'm an extension of the coaching staff. So you kind of at the end of the day, I side with them. But at the end of the day, I also have the best interest of each and in the, each and every one of the players. So. You kind of got to draw a line. Uh, you can kind of vent to them, vent with them um, about kind of what they see or what we're not doing or what they want to do or, or why we're not doing certain things um, and just kind of making them understand because when I was in the thick of it, when I was playing, when I was a part of the team, it's a lot harder to understand than when you're outside the line looking in. Um, sometimes I'll tell Mac, I'll be like, Mac, I understand what you were saying to me when I was a junior uh, now, but I didn't understand it at the time. So being on that on that side, having different perspective and looking through a different lens, um, really helps me kind of get through to the guys because, like you said, I'm I'm very I'm, I'm short removed from my playing career. Mitch Ballock, Creighton graduate assistant, of course, former Jay himself. So let's get to the real reason we're talking today, and that, of course, is last night's game. I'm curious, Mitch, because one of the things you do, you're you're very in depth with the scouting. You're always looking ahead to the next opponent. You're kind of figuring out trends. Then you consult with the coaching staff put together the game plan as you were preparing for this game versus the first time around having a game in the bag against UConn to work off of. What were you seeing besides the obvious things of offensive rebounding and turnovers that you thought we could improve upon to get last night's result? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think our biggest thing, I mean, obviously, anytime you go on the road and play the number one team in the country and you essentially held them like 56 points on their home floor, uh, with like two and a half minutes left. So, I mean, with some fouls late and here and there, they got the 62 or whatever. Um, we did what we needed to do defensively to win the game. Offensively, we struggled. We missed some open shots. We had some great looks. Um, so, basically, it's, it's fine-tuning the little things to catching and operating at 22 feet instead of 28 feet. I feel like at their place, they their physicality really affected us. I think we played on our heels. Um, to start the game, and it, and it took us a while to adjust. And anytime we're operating at 28 feet instead of 22 feet in our offense, it's a lot harder to get to your spots and, and make those passes. Uh, I think we did a good job of emphasizing that. Mac does a really good job of, of showing clips and really getting through to the guys to, to show what we need to do and how we need to do it. And at the end of the day, like offensively, we were nowhere near where we were the first time we played them. I mean, right now we're, we're flying up and down the floor. We're we're all kicking it ahead. We're all flattening the defense, and we're playing well off of each other, where it makes it very difficult to, to stop. Uh, one of our emphasis going in was just transition. Like, our transition offense is better than their transition defense. So exploiting that, getting into stuff like that, and then just if, if they stop that initial wave of our initial offense, then getting into some secondary stuff and, and a lot of great pace 
uh, a lot of great movement, and then a lot of just setting screens, setting, slipping screens with a lot of pace, I think really develops kind of what we want to do offensively, and I thought those guys did a really good job executing what we wanted them to do. Yeah, and Mitch, obviously the first time that, that you played, it was just a different moment in the season for how the, the, the team was doing out there on the floor. I wonder how often the, the idea of, like, trust the process and, and, like, just continue to fall back on these things because even if the results aren't working the way that you would like for them, and whether it's early season games or games in February so far, that eventually it was going to come through as long as you just continue to do what you know you can do. It definitely does. Uh, we, we emphasize it. Obviously, we're a big process-oriented organization. Um, Mac puts a lot of stock in that, um, in development. Um, when you're going anytime, especially in today's world, like we have a core group of people, and then we're trying to implement some pieces that we've gotten from the transfer portal or from, or from red shirts last year and, and people in different positions. So when you have a new piece to the puzzle, you have to – it takes time. You know, it takes reps. And – January, maybe, I mean, maybe that we don't have enough reps yet. And I, I feel like our, our guys are starting to figure out one another better each and every day. And I think they're starting to play to their strengths and figure out who they are and how they fit into what we have going on. When you have that, I mean, obviously it's a little bit difficult to kind of get to that point And it's, it's stressful for the, the, uh, your fan, your fan base a little impatient with it. But if you stick to that process, like you said, um, it, start to see the results and right now we're starting to see the results and obviously any day you make half your threes and 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 you're locked in defensively and on a string i mean you can put together recipe to win a lot of games so obviously you got to emulate that and try your best to keep keep it consistent mitch ballock joining us here on the 42 degrees the source hotline speaking of the new piece or one of the new pieces stephen ashworth i mean the, yeah. the the way this season has turned for him and Mac has mentioned it on a couple of occasions he mentioned it again last night it was really the first UConn game where Ashworth started to take a little bit more of the initiative and it's really branched off since then now the defensive improvement had been happening long before that but you were famously quoted in a preseason story talking about how good a shooter Ashworth is and that he might even be a better shooter than you were is it is it finally cool to see that prediction coming true with the way he's been bombing shots in as of late? Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. Obviously, I mean, we, we, we have the pleasure of seeing the guy every day shoot the ball, kind of his routine, his approach, and what he's able to do in specific drills or specific live action is, is a little different from a lot or most of college basketball and even, even guys that, have, that I've seen play at the professional level. Um, he just has the one thing he was missing, like that new piece, you know, when you, when you come into a new system, you're, you're trying to get your feet wet. You're trying to see how your game fits with, with Baylor's game, Ryan's game and Trey's game. And you're trying to, not trying to step on toes, but you're also a vocal leader. So that's what he did first. And then that swag and that, like that confidence started to come out and, and now he's playing with it. And like you said, and Mac and I had a conversation a couple of days ago about it. The UConn thing being down 20 points on the road was the best thing that probably happened to the, our team and the best thing that happened for him individually because he kind of got to that point where everything went out the window. There was no stress. You could feel like the weight of the world off his shoulders, and he was just out playing basketball at the park. You know, he had an in-and-out layup downhill. He got a off offensive rebound. They kicked it to him. He had an and one at the rim. He had a tough three. And then that really that, – that swag and that confidence started to come out after that UConn game, and then we saw it at Seton Hall. I mean, he was a big reason why we won that game at Seton Hall. And then, obviously, when he puts it together defensively, what he did against Cam Spencer, 
I think personally is better than anything he did offensively or any of the shots he made. And I think that is a catalyst to our defense just as much as talk is at the rim. You know, if we can take a guy completely out of the game like he did, I think that that pays dividends for our defense going forward. And I think everybody, everybody flourishes in the, from the offense on the offensive end when you're able to get stops and get out in transition and see some easy buckets go in. And we'll share some of those numbers talking about what he did, he being Stephen Ashworth against Cam Spencer here in just a little bit. Hey, Mitch, I wonder if you could speak uh, to just a little bit more that idea of the best thing that could have happened to us when it's kind of like a low point or, or a negative portion of the season. Like, How much of that is like a true belief versus a hope? that that can be a lesson because I, I think rep, you know recognizing that after the fact I think is always kind of easy, but doing so in the moment I think can be incredibly difficult. Yes, incredibly difficult. When You, you can kind of see it. When you're around guys, um, you can kind of see their confidence is wavered or they're, or they're acting or playing a little bit different. Um, so when something like that happens, um, you start to, and maybe you don't feel like you have the trust of your teammates or the trust of your players or, or whatever. Like I've been in that situation. Max fed me seven, seven straight shots to make a three, and I missed six of them, and finally made the seventh. And you kind of get a smile on your face, and then you know that it starts to turn. But you're playing with the psychology of like a, of especially of a shooter, but overall as a basketball player. And Stephen was kind of battling that um, in that UConn game. Um, he. I'd say it was the best thing that ever happened to us just because um, he wasn't there. Like, he wasn't playing with that confidence. He was a little timid. He wasn't his normal self from what, what, what he was at Utah State. Um, when you're down 20, you have nothing to lose. So, he really, like, he gained the trust from himself. He gained the trust from us. And he gained the trust from, most importantly, I mean, his teammates. Those are the guys he's playing with. And when when you're down 20 on the road as the number one team in the country, you expect I mean, human nature is you're probably just going to put your head down and kind of wait for the wait for the seconds to tick off the clock. But he did the he did the exact opposite. Um, he kind of got us back into that game. I think we cut it to ten, uh, largely in part to what he was doing. Um, I think when you do stuff like that, when you're out of the fight and you give us a chance, I think you start to earn a lot of respect from from the coaching staff from your from your teammates and most importantly from yourself. I mean, you, essentially if, if you don't think you can do it and you don't have the confidence to do it, then you can't. But if you think you can do it, then they'll take the, take your team a long way and then everybody kind of feeds off that position, especially at the point guard position. You know, that's your leader. And he does it vocally. He's done it all year. He's been – he shows up every day. He has a great attitude. He never not talks. Um, he always brings just that energy that everybody feeds off of. And when your point guard starts to play to that level, then everybody starts to follow. And I, I couldn't. That makes sense. Yeah, I that it absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does, Mitch. I mean, you know, watching him on the road, um, and even after losses, I mean, he's he just has a, a vibe about him. Kind of reminds me of you, actually, Mitch. Um, in in just uh, that, he's, he's 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 ways he's by far beyond where I was uh, in that situation. <laughs> and I, I mean, I credit I credit him to that because it's tough, man. Like I don't, I'm not a big social media guy. People are big social media guys, especially in today's world. And I'm sure he was getting bashed on social media. I'm sure he was, you know, it, it's, it's hard, especially when you come from a situation where you have the ball in your hand and you average 17 a game and you shoot all the shots and, and you're a large part of the offense to take in maybe a secondary role for the guys that we have now. I mean, it's an adjustment process. And he's handled it, like you said, John, with, with grace and, and, and patience. And 
he it's it's helped him and it's benefited us overall and it's benefited him largely in part to the success he's eventually had. First ever win against the number one team. It's only the second time Creighton has beaten a top three rated team. Do you remember your first start? <laughs> I do remember my first start. Would you would you like a would you like a quick reminder of that uh, last start? Here was uh, 2018 Villanova. Balik wants the three. by one timeout with 29 seconds left first start against villanova about almost the same time yeah, how about that five years ago five no six five six i can't even remember now i'm lost i'm lost six on, years ago six years ago yeah this is 14 that was 18 what do you remember about that game what do i remember i remember i remember the day we had shoot around and everything, and I remember Ronnie Harrell was not there because he had to go to the doctor for an infection. And I remember about an hour before the game, Max said I was starting. So then that was a completely different headspace and mentality that I had to come in with. Um, I remember, I remember Marcus Foster had a good game. Kyrie, always, I mean, those guys always carried us. Uh, I remember Jacob Epperson had a really good game. I threw a flip up to him, and he had a dunk, and the crowd went wild. And then I remember. Marcus trusted me enough to swing that one more to me in the corner, and Jalen Brunson was a little late and not in the gap, and I ended up hitting that three. Um, you had eight assists. Remember that. You had eight assists in that no, game. Ahead. That might have been your career high. You had eight assists in that game. Yeah, I I don't remember having eight assists, but. I got the box score right in front of me. 13 points, six rebounds, eight assists. Heck, you were Baylor Shireman before Baylor Shireman. All right, all right, all right. We, I might have showed some glimpses of it, but he definitely <laughs> magnified that. That's true. You couldn't play defense. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 John. You've been, you've been hanging around Coach Mack a little bit. <laughs> oh, good times, though. I, hey, I, pull, the numbers, pull the numbers on that. That's what we need to pull. What? Which numbers? On your I don't know, defensive rating or something. I, well, I, I, they don't show those on the come box Come on, John, score. get the advanced analytics going. Let's see. Oh, wait. Mitch yeah, did have the advanced oh, analytics, John. Hang on. You did have three steals. There it is. In that game. So, there you go. There's your defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's there your defense. I had, to be, I had to be in the right. Maybe I just got lucky three times. Sometimes that happens, too. I mean, you're no Leo Chanel or, you know, Chris Jones, but you're, you're pretty good. I do my part. You do. You do your part. Everyone does their part. And uh, it's more it, like a Sorensen, you know. We'll throw it back to the first Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lack a little ability, but I try my best, and I'm going to hit somebody. You absolutely will. Well, Mitch, uh, that was that was a lot of fun last night. Uh, you know, the crowd being on the floor. You remember what it, what's like? You know, when when people are that juiced up. It was a great atmosphere last night. And the good news is, you got an extra day today to kind of wind down extra day before the weekend because it's kind of hard to reset, isn't it? Yeah. After you get a big emotional win to kind of remember, hey, this isn't the end of the line. We still got work to do. No question. No question. And, and it's always, I mean, it's like that saying everybody always says it, the most important game is the next one. And those guys are mature enough and they'll be locked in. And once you taste a little bit of success, you, you want more. So uh, we'll have those guys locked in. We'll have a good game plan coming into New York on Sunday, and then we'll take care of business. And, and like you said, it's not the end of the road. It's just a stepping stone to where we want to get to. Mitch, we'll see you Saturday when we head to New York. 
Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You bet. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch Ballock, Creighton yeah, GA. Today, go Chiefs. I, <laughs> see, I knew that. I knew that was coming. Mitch Ballock. We we had a we had an ongoing bit there during the playoffs where he would just walk up to me and just shake his let his shake his hand as if to say all other quarterbacks in the AFC are like this when they have to play Patrick Mahomes. He ended up being right. He ended up being right. Certainly the guy Which in the first why I round. did not bet against him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, just in the just in the, in the two in the games AS, before that yeah, I did. But, yeah. Uh, it yeah, was it, cold. It, That's why Tua was shaking. Mm, thank you. People forget. Um, Mac has a pretty extensive coaching tree. Um, you've got Al Huss, who's at High Point. You've got uh, Darren DeVries at Drake. Um, uh, you know He's got a lot of guys who have coached under him who are you know in the big time right now. Um, watch for Mitch's name in the years to come. Yeah, this guy, this guy has a great mind for coaching. He's got a great demeanor for coaching. I Rob Anderson reminds me of this because you know when I'm doing the radio, I don't see what's on TV. But you know they did one of those mic up the coach games for the whole game, and Mac was all hated doing it. Mm-hmm. So he was always paranoid. So their their plan was okay. I'm not going to do a lot of in huddle coaching. I'll turn it over to the assistants. I'll just do a bunch of generic stuff off to the side because he was worried that other teams would get the play calls, you know, do the whole Michigan thing against him. Mm. So there's a scene, I think it was a game against Seton Hall, where um, they they go to the live mic and Mac is, you know, off to the side. He's talking to somebody else. Meanwhile, in the huddle, Mitch, as a player, is basically running the huddle as a coach. Mm-hmm. And so you could tell he just had that mind for it. And then I watch him on the road. When we were at, um, was it Xavier? Yeah, I think it was Xavier. So this would have been after the the Providence loss. We're having breakfast, and then right after breakfast is a team meeting where they're going to go over some film and stuff like that. And you got all the, Mac and all the assistants are sitting in front of the film, you know, the big screen. And Mitch is He's not running the meeting, mm-hmm. but he's basically doing the um the 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 briefing, yeah. the debriefing. Yeah. As he's going over, yeah, I see this, I see, and I just watching this and I'm looking over, and it's like this is a first year GA mm-hmm. who's doing this. Who's not that far removed from his career. Who's not far removed from his career. So watch for Mitch Ballock's name in the future. He is going to be, if he sticks with this, he is going to be one of those guys who's going to be Right now, he's just a little sapling on the Mac coaching tree. He's gonna he's gonna end up having his own branch here pretty soon. Yeah, really cool dude. All right, more on last night's win. Got a lot more to come. Uh, all ways to set up the Grum today. Forty two degrees of source hotline by your mom's house. Four zero two nine five one sixteen twenty. JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed at USC sixteen twenty. Equitable Bank inbox. John at sixteen twenty the zone dot com. Josh at sixteen twenty the zone dot com. Uh, they're about to win the game again on FS2. Oh. If you want to watch, uh, watch the celebration, ho- watch the hoodlums come on the floor. John high five in them all. How many uh, photos do you got of the? Uh... I, there was. A, well, I took a video, but my oh. son was down on the floor, so I had to chastise him when I got home. Wow. wow, you're grounded, son. Said, "What are you doing out on the floor? You don't belong out there." Mm. With all those, with all those crazy people. Mm. The fans. The fans. Mm. A lot of adults out on the floor last night. Old it man wasn't Doug, just was the old students. man Doug out there partying? No, he's got a bad hip. Oh, yeah. poor guy. That was no place for people who had a bad hip. Yeah, indeed.
going to get checked off the floor. Yeah. It's unsportsmanlike conduct on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.